0: Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. I am so excited to be partnered with Sway Vodka Soda. Why? Because they will be donating on my behalf to CanFund. And this series is all about helping Team Canada athletes. Well, actually, we're talking to them. Sway is helping them by donating to CanFund. Sway is a better tasting vodka soda with nothing to hide. It's real simple and unforced while still delivering more flavor. This is series four, where I normally have a co-host. She was kind of busy today. We'll give her a break, but Miss Martha McCabe, I thank her so much, Canadian Olympian, for being my co-host throughout this series. We are dropping in with Team Canada athletes that potentially are going to Tokyo in a couple weeks from now. Let me introduce this episode's sport and guest that we will be dropping in with. Looking back at this team sport, it seemed like it was played with a horn in 510 BC. And in the early 19th century, this game grew in English public schools. The first club being in 1849 near London. This game is played on a pitch, a rectangular field with goals on each end. I bet you don't know what it is yet. It was first showcased at the Olympics in 1908 with a men's team, and the first women's club was founded in 1887. The women's teams were introduced to the Olympics in 1980. That's like almost 80 years later. Whatever. There are two teams of players, two teams of 11 players, 10 field players, and one goalkeeper on the field. Yes, there is a ball involved, but this sport is named Hockey. Some of us might know it as field hockey. Athletes use a field hockey stick in two 35-minute per- periods to pass, shoot, and score on the opposing team's goal. Dare I say that our guest today is a veteran on the Canadian men's field hockey team. I dare say it because I did not like being called a veteran. But he's competed all over the world, starting since 2006. He competed at four Commonwealth Games, 2006, 2010, 2014, and 2018. If that's not enough, he represented Team Canada as the youngest player at the 2008 Beijing Games for his very first Olympics. The 2011 and 2015 Pan American Games, he brought home silver in both. Now let's not forget the 2009 gold and 2013 silver at the Pan American Cups. We bring him to his second Olympics, 2016 Rio Games. He spent some time in Germany playing and adds German to his list of languages. He has his master's in sports management and is headed to his third Olympics in less than a week. This friend, son, coffee lover, two time Pan American. Medalist, two time Olympian is going to his third Olympics this summer. Let's see how Mr. Mark Pearson is doing today. Mark, are you ready to drop in?
1: I'm absolutely ready to drop in.
0: Okay. I know you just came from training. So let's get right into it with some rapid fire questions that everyone knows if they're a listener are never rapid fire. Where in the world are you today?
1: I'm in Surrey, British Columbia right now.
0: Nice. Just finished training. Looking good. Yeah. Um number 2 when you were in germany playing mm-hmm. no, you were fact you played in germany um that's right how is your german linguistics now
1: ah sehr gut lange nicht gesprochen aber nicht so schlecht
0: i feel so like you just said pretty good
1: <laughs> yeah not bad but it's been a, a while since i've spoken it that's what i said so okay.
0: wow it's impressive. How long were you over there for?
1: Two years. Uh, okay. The problem is when you live in Germany, you're a walking English lesson. So the, the guys on my team, I mean, all of them spoke quite good English, but they all wanted to be better at it. So for them, you were just literally the walking English lesson. So whilst I'm there trying to learn their language, they're there trying to perfect our language. So um, oh. it was good. By the second year, our coach spoke in German. I mean, he spoke English as well, um, but all the team talks were in German. So I sort of felt the duty to, to learn it just so that I could... Again, not have to get the Cole's notes version uh, by yeah. one of my teammates after the fact. So, um, yeah, and it was just kind of a fun thing to do when you're living in a, a city of Hamburg, which, again, lots of people speak English, but it's it's nice to be able to speak in uh, the local language.
0: Always, I'm envious. I know Osfart. That's exit. That's all I. Know. <laughs> That's exit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only from driving there. Okay, number three. What was it like? To be the youngest player at your first Olympics, because is that true? Yeah,
1: it, yeah, I, I was the youngest on the team. And looking back now, I realize how naive and immature I probably was. And again, I was pretty wide eyed walking in. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, a great experience. I, You know, the hockey was OK uh, for us on the field. Um, But looking back, I think I was just a little bit overwhelmed by the moment and everything that was going on. And, And I remember walking in, there was, you know, are the senior leaders, the team managers, the coaches that said, Yeah, there's going to be all these distractions around you and, you know, girls and me- me- mega famous athletes and, you know, a new culture, a new country, an athlete village. And I was, they're like, Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. That was kind of the mantra that was beaten into us. Yeah. And I think knowing who I am, I tried to kind of wall myself off from all these distractions and focus mm-hmm. only on hockey and just try to ignore everything else, which actually isn't sort of who I am as a person and who I am like there, there you can, you can do both, you know, you can be focused on your sport and at the same time still have conversations and meet amazing athletes like yourself from other sports and, you know, use it as an opportunity to experience it. It's not, it shouldn't distract, it's finding that fine balance. So I think looking back now, I was just like, so Again, just trying to listen to, not wanting to ruffle any feathers and try to wall myself off from things. And and now with, you know, the Rio experience, and then obviously Tokyo is going to be a little bit different than Rio. But, you know, just from a personal perspective and who I was and how mature I was as an individual, Rio was a lot different. So, um, yeah, sure. but yeah, look look back fondly for sure. It was an amazing experience.
0: And you guys play throughout <laughs> the whole games, really. That's the goal.
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah, the, that is the goal. Um, yeah, but we it's kind of unusual. Like we get to know all the COC mission team and you know, a few other team sport athletes pretty well because we're there. We're not dropping in and dropping out like some of the athletes. We're really there from start to finish. Our our tournament usually starts the day after opening ceremonies. And in the past we would play, have a day off, play, have a day off. Now they've kind of condensed our schedule where we play uh they've limited the days off so it's tougher for us physically um so our we could be there for only eight days out of the 15. uh but obviously our goal is to be there for the full 14 or 15 if we if we make the semis or finals so
0: and did they do that just because of covid or is this how it's going to be in the future they they
1: did it for rio i don't really know why they did it to be honest they They, they did that
0: they make it way more Difficult on athletes for the Olympics when they're already difficult.
1: (laughs) I know I don't really understand it. Uh, they did add a quarterfinal element, which I think. Is advantageous to us because okay. in the past it was two pools of six, top two would make semifinals and then it would be semis and finals. So there was a little more time allowed for the pool play. Okay. Whereas now they've kind of condensed the pool play and added a quarterfinal. So it does make it harder on the athletes, but I think it's advantageous to us because, again, for us, getting into just a knockout stage, you know, getting to a quarterfinal is a bit easier than a semifinal for us. And then, you know, you make it to a knockout stage, you know, you look at the Euros going on right now, anything can happen. Happen. So, you know, we're hoping to be the Dem- we're hoping to be the Denmark of uh, of this summer.
0: I'm so excited, and it's like obviously the question was being the youngest, and then I did name you as a veteran, and I always hated <laughs> being called the veteran. But do you feel like that, like for these games? Yeah. You well,
1: I mean, that? we just finished training, and they lined us up on the baseline at the end to do some running, and I certainly felt like a bit of a veteran <laughs> trying to chase some of the young guys um, out Uh-oh. there. But no, I again and i i'm coming off a bit of an injury so yeah i think it's you know i'm 33 i've played this sport for an awfully long time i I certainly have some great attributes and uh on the field and certainly feel like i can do a bunch of stuff but just maybe not quite exactly the same player and it's just like every athlete you kind of go through phases in your career so i'm just sort of in a bit of a different phase and try to lean on those attributes that you know i still have in spades and maybe don't have some of the other ones so it's just it's the aging process unfortunately
0: tell me about it. I, I always mm-hmm. tell people they're like for Olympics. I'm like, yeah, I don't recommend it. I don't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it no, hurts. It's tough. My body hurts. It's, it's tough. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: man. Okay. Um, you just were home training. Well, obviously you were just off training, but BC had a huge heat wave. Like it's been mm. the hottest that we've ever had it. And that is kind of what it's going to be like in Tokyo. I'm imagining it's going to be really hot. So what what was that the hottest you've ever played in or have you played in hotter? Oh,
1: well, it was really really hot and then it was tough for us because we're not we're Vancouver guys and well uh, a lot, a of, lot us of us are it. from Vancouver and then there's athletes that are here you know as part of the squad training and preparing for the Olympics but you know broadly speaking not many people that live on the West Coast have air conditioning so yeah. the hardest part I think was you know and you know Mercedes like a huge part of. You know playing as an athlete is that recovery component and being able to sleep and so if you're not able to sleep it's pretty darn hard to get up in the morning again and go and train as hard as you did the day before so I think that to be honest that was almost harder than anything was dealing with the lack of sleep for that week um and then obviously trying to find creative ways to cool down we're pretty fortunate we trained um whilst we're training in Surrey today we were training in west vancouver Mm -hmm. the last few weeks and that's typically been our home for for training and the field itself is quite close to the beach so uh, we would immediately as soon as training was done we'd throw our sticks down and immediately run to the ocean and jump in for a little swim and an ice bath so that was really nice to kind of cool off but yeah i mean our coaches were obviously excited we know the heat's going to be an issue in in, in japan but we play a, an awful lot of tournaments in india and malaysia so we're we're used to traveling and we're used to playing in hot climates australia as well so um for us the heat is just something that we we're kind of used to and yeah to be honest nothing will top malaysia as far as i'm concerned that's probably the hottest place we've ever played and probably ever will play so oh
0: such a different <laughs> just so different from snowboarding it's hilarious yeah it's (laughs) crazy simmerling on and i was like you just went from like skiing in a downhill suit to even tighter Mm -hmm. spandex for biking and so big ups to you guys for just training in the heat. So I respect it.
1: So. Yeah, there was one game. I remember we played it was Belarus in Malaysia two years ago now at yeah. a tournament in Bukit Jalil, which is like a 10,000 seat hockey specific stadium. It's awesome. One of the best places to play in the world, but we played at like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. It was I think 44, 45 degrees. We had to take yeah. extra breaks during the game and then there it's close to the equator. So there's, it's like, you know, 90, 95% humidity. So plus you're in like a stadium with limited airflow. It was just, Probably one of the hardest things I've ever done.
0: Like, are you just some like of the, trying to get some of the glue all the water? Like you're like because you're just sweating it out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They they have these things called hundred plus, which is like this amazing isotonic drink that I guess it's really popular in Malaysia because people get dehydrated a lot. Yeah. So we were making like hundred plus slushies and then but it was crazy. Like the, the the glue in guys' shoes was beginning to melt. So we had one or two guys that like their shoes just starting to fall apart by the second half. So oh you know it's gosh. hot.
0: So crazy. Yeah. I had a cup in the back of my car and it was plastic and it melted. I was like, (laughs) okay, it was hot here. Holy moly. Um, This is a tough question because I know the team is going to be an awesome team, but there had to be some cuts Mm -hmm. from probably your friends that maybe you thought would be going with you. How did that go?
1: Yeah, Mercedes, it's, it's always the toughest part of playing, you know, for a team. And, you know, I was there at one point in my career early on, and, you know, now I'm kind of fortunate in that, you know, I'm not as, as, as say anxious as some of the other guys, but certainly well aware of what's happening and well aware of the competitive element and guys trying to make the 16, you know, and again, for us, typically at tournaments, we travel with 18 and we will travel with 18 to these games, but two of the guys, you know, aren't going to be competing um, they're there. as a reserve athletes, So it's kind of a condensed down squad. So it makes it even more competitive than usual. And, you know, again, I think it's a testament to the group of guys we have like this. I think it's been like more fiercely competitive than I've ever seen it for this group. So yeah, our team was selected now about 10 days ago. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's always tough. You see that list of names yeah, and, yeah. you know, you immediately. They think of the three, four guys that have, you know, been working their socks off for the last five years to be a part of this group. So, you know, I, I wanted to always, you know, send a message, call and, you know, maybe meet up for the guys just to to chat through. And obviously it's super disappointing. And that's that's kind of the part of sport that I think a lot of people don't understand is, you know, those guys that put in all the work, but, you know, aren't necessarily there when when the sun is shining and the TV's on uh, at yeah. the Olympics. Like, you know, any success we do have in, in Tokyo is sort of on the backs of, of those guys that, you know, kind of helped push us and train us hard here in Vancouver for the last kind of couple of years. So yeah, yeah it's just, just cer- certainly super tough.
0: I know I was trying to think back, like, it's so like, we only have four girls for snowboarding that get to go and to have like one of my best friends in 2010, not be able to go. It's, it's, it's so difficult, but at the same time, yeah. like, a person, a solo sport, I'm like, it still is kind of a team and, and, and it sucks, but you do need to stay focused, right? Like, and do what mm-hmm. you need to do. So man. I am, yeah. And that
1: was, and that was kind of the, we had a little team bonding weekend this past weekend. We were mm-hmm. talking off air about it and we went, we got away, got off the grid, dropped the cell phones in the bag, um, and just hung out at a hut and just with this, the 16 guys plus the two reserve athletes just, and it was a good chance to kind of get away. And as you say, kind of come together with, with that, the core group now as it's mm-hmm. been named so yeah. um you know again it's not like you were leaving the other guys behind they're still with you and in, in mm-hmm. spirit but they're just not going to be there and you know in the flesh so yeah for sure um, and a yeah, lot of but, people but,
0: a lot of people don't know like that the teams are only just being named and the games are just totally. weeks away and that is yeah. like i feel like that in itself it's it's is its own story we were crazy enough to have like MTV follow us around for the 2010 games. So everyone got to watch what happened and like the tears and everything, but like to come down to the last two weeks, that's what kind of like my point of the Olympics and how difficult it is. Like you don't find out two weeks before really.
1: I know it's crazy. And th- I mean, thank goodness. Cause I was in that situation in Beijing. I-, I had no idea. I wasn't as confident. I didn't know if I was going to be in or out. I was one of these bubble guys. And then I did end up making it. And then what's the first thing, you know, your family does is cause they weren't going to book anything. Cause they didn't know if I was going to be there or not. Yeah. And then they've got to book all these last minute flights and you know, the, the dodgiest hotel room in China to 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 come watch me play, right? And so that's the other thing. I mean, in these games, we won't have that issue Mm -hmm. uh, because there won't be friends and family in the stands. But, you know, typically that is another, you know, small little facet of this whole thing is, you know, all the friends and family that want to come watch you, they have to wait until that team is announced. And to your point, it's sometimes like a week or two out from when when the games start to get going. So,
0: unfortunately, I was too focused and I had like told my Mm -hmm. family for 2010, I'm like, you do it. Like, that's what the mentor yeah. said. They're like, "You, your parents, you know, you don't need to worry about them. They can figure it out on yeah. their own. And so I did that. I was like, I'm going to be as selfish as I can be. And I literally just apologized to a friend to be like, dude, I didn't even think to get you a ticket because I was mm-hmm. so in the zone and I am sorry. <laughs> like It's such a crazy yeah. time.
1: It is. And it's, it is distracting too, to have like, and I tell my mom and dad De- or my mom and my sisters this, like, you know, they it's great to have them there and i love them there but you know it again it's you're kind of you have this dual role of there as an athlete but also there to kind of be there for your friend, friends and family so it, it is really hard to find that that right sweet spot that right balance where again they're not being distracting in any way and allowing you to perform know at the peak level so
0: exactly you don't really want to worry about them and it must be so much more challenging because you guys are playing the whole way through but I do want to touch on the games so one of my favorite things at the games is to watch other sports and really get to know yeah of course other teammates and the summer games I've obviously never been to a summer games but the team is so vast like there's a lot of just Canadian athletes is there any sport that you We're dying to watch at the last two games because I'm not sure you're going to be able to watch any at, at these games like in person well i'll
1: tell you i'll tell you what we had about four or five days in rio after we finished competing and our goal was exactly that was to watch as many of this yes. other sports as possible so we went to watch the, we went to watch golf yeah. which i had never seen live i like golf i play golf i'd watched on tv but i'd never been to a golf event and it was super cool like you know going from hole to hole watching the golfers, seeing the canadians come through like you know just the energy the atmosphere on the course it was really exciting but the thing i like best which i was you know, I guess most i don't know surprised about maybe was uh the track cycling oh my god i had no idea how fast how steep the- that velodrome is how incredibly complex just like it's just chaos out there and then i think we watched the men's it's like the omnicron i'm sure i'm getting that name wrong but i talked to one or two of the track cyclists afterwards and like that's the event to watch because it's like 50 laps and like there's different points awarded for different laps so there's different things going on so it's it's just like chaos but it was so cool and they're just going so fast so um I said yeah, Georgia. I, yeah said I loved Georgia, it i was I'm like, like, like i just have such a Go ahead. go ahead,
0: go ahead, go ahead.
1: Well, I just had such a new appreciation for it. It's just like yeah. when you, you see something live like that and you just appreciate the athleticism and uh, and just the determination and the just, again, the, the mental fortitude to like get on your bike and go that fast, like on something <laughs> so steep. So it's crazy. I need crazy. to watch
0: it because I was explaining it like on George's ep- yeah. episode and I was like, I don't really yeah. get it. Like, do you want to be third? Because then you're like the last person to cross the line in the team pursuit. And she was like, "No, you're changing all the time." I'm like, "Dude, I just need to watch it." Like, I'm I apologize. I have yeah. not watched watched a Summer Olympics yet, so I'm like so excited. Retirement.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Awesome. Okay. Um. So, Summer Games. Obviously, I touched on how much bigger they are. Does the field hockey team at other games? Again, these ones are going to be different. But does the whole team make friends with like other sporting teams when you're there? other than
1: yeah well we we were best buddies with the volleyball guys uh so they because they were the only other men's team sport there um and and in fact we went to watch them we have a little bit of a rapport with those guys and when they want they won their game against cuba here in vancouver in like february 2019 to qualify for the olympics they had an they were down two sets to the cubans and came back and won three to win in the fifth set and we were there cheering them on like maniacs because, yeah, they're just cool guys and awesome sport. I love watching them uh, and how fast they hit the ball. But, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was more off field that festivities towards the end of the games. And so we would see them at Canada Olympic House and then somehow end up at the same parties together. but And then we ended up playing against them in street hockey. So the COC brings or has in the past brought, you know, different um, activities. I guess games and sports equipment into the village so that athletes have sort of things to do you know in their downtime so that you're not just lying in your bed all day and so there's a street hockey set so that gets gets us pretty fired up so um we had two Two probably memorable games one was against the athletic boys and then we played against the volleyball guys as well the athletics guys was fun like i'll never forget because uh dunphy was in net and it was like a day after he had his 50k race walk and i was like how does this guy have the energy to play in goal and i i have to say like the athletics guys like super good athletes but not the best high, <laughs> hand-eye coordination so we were just just dis- destroying them uh but Dunphy was keeping him in the game so
0: oh man he's so funny actually he talked about how um I remember being envious of him because he was at your guys's field hockey game where the qualifier yeah qualified and I was like oh I want to be there I was away or something so rad that's what I love I love that about the Olympics is that we all get to get together and hang out Mm -hmm. which is so cool okay Martha McCabe, obviously, is not with us for this episode, but you do do some chats with Head to Head, and I wanted to mm-hmm. know how many you had done.
1: Yeah, so I've worked with Martha now for a couple of years, and I guess most notably would have been uh, the Southridge School in, um, in White Rock, I guess, and I spent an entire year with their field hockey team, uh, probably t- two years ago now, um, and then, you know, sort of, talk to them in a few different ways, I obviously communicated and educated them to the field hockey component and then obviously spoke to their team off the field around some good habits and uh you know strategies that they can bring into their own life around building self-esteem and confidence and things like that and then sort of finish it off by speaking at the entire school itself so really kind of an awesome experience in that i was able to touch kind of the field hockey kids that were passionate about the sport that i love and then also just sort of extend that and bring sort of some good messaging to the entire school itself so obviously love you know the some of the work that martha does and um you know happy to be part of her organization so um, yeah, and then since then, you know, through COVID, have you know had done a couple of different one-off uh, pieces here and there to talk to some kids about how I'm dealing with the adversity of the postponement, some of the strategies I'm using to kind of get through, obviously, what has been a pretty tumultuous 16, 17 months. So, and, you know, knowing that. Kids, kids have had it pretty rough with school being, you know, virtual and at home and cut off from friends. Like I can only imagine how hard it would be as a 14, 15, 16 year old. So, yeah, yeah just tried to share some little strategies that I've tried to bring into my life to kind of get me through the postponement and everything that's gone along with that. So, yeah,
0: such a cool opportunity for schools. I, I'm, I'm also proud to be part of it, not as deeply as you because I have commitment issues, but. Mm -hmm. i'll be speaking to some kids tonight i'm excited about it Mm -hmm. number nine we're almost there i promise number nine is there any specific kit that we should be aware of that field hockey has that we don't know about
1: like like clothing kit
0: like like kit or uh, equipment like is there like
1: uh okay well i mean the, the thing that people get all wound up about is, so we have a set piece called a short corner, which imagines like a free kick in soccer. And so we have one or two guys that are sort of the David Beck equivalent in field hockey and that they're sort of short corner specialists and they have perfected what's called a drag flick and it's kind of like being a free kick specialist in soccer again. Um, but to defend our short corner, you essentially put four guys in the goal. And then, you know, they run out and think of it like NFL football, where the attacking team has got sort of a set play in mind. Maybe they're going to do a straight shot. Maybe they're going to do a variation. And then the defensive team has sort of a set play in mind. So you're trying to read the attacking team. What's their setup? What are we going to do? But you put on some extra equipment to defend because it can be quite dangerous.
0: Like what kind
1: um, of equipment? So it's kind of like we actually put ice hockey gloves on because uh, to defend our wrists and stuff like that. At in our knuckles is yeah. obviously the balls tends to fly through the air guys put cups on to protect you know where Wait, are and you then not there's... wearing a
0: cup the whole time
1: no no
0: Okay. Didn't know. Just check.
1: Uh, yeah. And then uh, put an extra mask on. So there's field hockey specific masks that kind of, you know, again, protect your face that you can kind of rip off easily and throw off because again, you don't, you're not allowed to wear this equipment during the game. It's only specifically for that oh. short corner play. So yeah, people, people see us run behind the goal and put all this stuff on. They're like, what the heck's going on? So there you go.
0: Cool. Ooh, that was like yeah. an inside scoop. I would have never known about. Thank you. Yeah. Um, number 10, how much coffee have you had today?
1: Uh, I've had two this morning and I'm about to go get another, cause we have a second session this afternoon. So I know, I don't we, want to uh, we're me. on the, we're on, we're on the, we're on the double days for the next, <laughs> well, four of the five days this week. So, and then I do actually have an hour and a half of coaching tonight. So I might actually stop again on the way to coaching. So
0: <laughs> busy times. Maniac. I love it. Yeah. Um, just a quick roundup. Like, how are you feeling about Tokyo? Any like difficulties? I just chatted to a softball player. Who's got like a crazy flight pattern to get there how are you feeling about it all?
1: I mean, we know there'll be a bunch of procedures and protocols. We've been lucky in that we have traveled twice this spring, which I guess some teams haven't been able to. So we've been to Europe twice. So we've, uh, you know, I've had a lot of things jumped up my nose in terms of tests. So I kind of know the procedures and protocols, you know, all the guys are vaccinated. And, you know, again, we kind of know what to expect and know what, know what this might look like obviously this is on another scale on another level um so yeah it's going to be interesting and you just have to be patient and roll with the punches and be you know open and ready to kind of go with the flow so again i think for us it's again we're there to do a job and it's going to be to succeed on the field so um you know whatever comes off the field we'll just have to roll with so yeah i mean I think there'll be a long delay when we land in Tokyo, just to kind of get the testing out of the way and make sure that we're safe and allowed into the country. So again, that's, that's stuff we've dealt with going to Europe and things like that. So it's, uh, yeah, nothing we really haven't seen before in the last few months. So I think it'll be okay.
0: Do you ever bring your own snacks and food? Like I brought a a full Uh, bread and peanut butter of my own.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do like putting treats in the bag. And I, I become a bit of a chocolate feed when I go away. I don't know why I don't eat that much chocolate when I'm <laughs> Cause I it's like, better
0: overseas?
1: yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, especially when you're in Europe. Yeah, I just go Tokyo, crazy for chocolate. Japan
0: has really good snacks.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. They got good vending machines. I remember that from last time we were there. So um yeah i mean but the village is so well stocked and you know again the food's never really been an issue at the olympics for me so again i'm not someone that needs to eat a certain thing on a certain day at a certain time i'm yeah i'm pretty you know again i do do like to eat kind of well in advance of games just so i can allow the food to digest some guys Mm -hmm. on my team will eat spaghetti bolognese before warm-up and they'd have no problem but i think i'd be sick so again oh my god i I think
0: i would vomit
1: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. a couple of guys, have just iron stomachs on our team, but I like to eat well in advance, but yeah, yeah, I'm not super particular. I, you know, I've pretty much eat eat anything. So yeah, I I might throw a few treats in
0: stomach like me.
1: No, I'm, I might throw throw a few treats in there and that's about it.
0: I love it. Um, okay. Did we touched a little bit on, uh, you said you had an injury and I know you had this injury. You, did you tear your Achilles?
1: yeah ruptured achilles in i guess august 2019 now Yeah. so not not a good one obviously i've uh, been fortunate i've played this sport for a long time and avoided well i had a surgery at the beginning of my career for a broken finger and now a surgery towards the tail end of my career for this but between i've been pretty lucky so touch wood there's no more uh between you know now and the end of it but everything's healed up dr bowyer uh new westminster he's his word i think operated on more olympians than anyone in canada so he's a bit of a legend yeah yeah he's (laughs) does he's an orthopedic surgeon he probably did your knee yeah he's great dory bowyer and yeah uh, yeah. he's awesome yeah yeah so there you go so yeah yeah so he's doing great he sent me an email after he saw i made the team just pumped that i was back and healthy and ripping around so um and then sean campbell
0: too because i didn't know like last time i saw you you were in a boot and I was yeah, like, Oh exactly. no, what does this mean? I was like really upset in my own self for you. Yeah. Cause I was like, no, he wants to go. So yeah. how was, how did the recovery happen? And like, now you're on the team, like I'm doing a happy yeah. dance inside for you.
1: Well, thank you for that Mercedes. <laughs> um, yeah sean campbell is a physio he was actually a 2000 olympian in the sport of field hockey so he's a guy that's known our team known our sport and he's he's a hell of a physio so he kind of led point him and dory on on my recovery he's awesome he's got his own practice in north van works with a couple nhlers pretty pretty established well you know again i think we're blessed in on the west coast here of having you know some amazing physiotherapists and um he kind of you know walked me through it and helped me get back on my feet and again it's a tough one mentally initially just because Achilles is kind of an important one to walk and run so um it's you know like those, one of those the first
0: injuries ever. yeah
1: what that one of those yeah everyone that says it's like ooh, um but uh yeah I, I mean i started in the pool um walking around in the pool just you know to to take the load off and then you kind of build that up and then you're walking with you know just baby by steps. yourself uh, yeah it is really baby like learning to walk
0: but different.
1: Yeah yeah it's like it just it takes a long time and it's interesting because like a knee surgery takes a similar amount of time to recover let's i mean nine months at the short end let's say about a year really to get yourself back and achilles is similar but with a knee you can start the rehab after six weeks maybe even a month after the after the surgery whereas in achilles you have to let it sit for like three four months so that was the frustrating part was just you know having it in the boot not being able to do anything for a while so um But, but yeah, no touch wood, everything's good and feeling better. So just excited to, to get out there.
0: I'm so happy for you. Well, thank you so much in between your training. I really appreciate you taking the time and it's always good to see your face.
1: Love it. Thanks so much, Mercedes.
0: Let me know, let people know where they can find you online.
1: Well, I'm on Twitter at MarkAGP19. I'll be, you know, I haven't tweeted as much lately, but I will be kind of, I guess, more active in the lead up to games now and sharing some more, I guess, stories and insights from sort of our road to Tokyo. So, and same on Instagram. So um, yeah, find me there.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for dropping in. I appreciate it and good luck.
1: Thanks guys. Appreciate it.
0: I don't know about you, but I'm still really enjoying learning about all these sports that I really didn't know too much about. I do have to shout out Sway. They are committed to supporting communities and charities across the country, and I've chosen a cause near and dear to me, CanFund, directly supporting Team Canada athletes. Sway will be making a donation on my behalf to CanFund. Now what is Sway? It's delicious! It's made with real juice and real good vibes. It's a delicious tasting vodka soda. Cheers! Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Thanks for dropping in. If you want to watch this podcast, head over to YouTube. Follow Dropping In on Instagram and Facebook at Dropping In with Mercedes.